We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Pop Torah with Rabbi Iznopf and Olitsky, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Pop Torah, the podcast where we look at pop culture from a Jewish perspective and talk about Judaism through the prism of pop culture. As always, we are your hosts. I am Rabbi Michael Knopf. And I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. And today we are talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Release the Snyder Cut. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Uh, Jesse, want to tell us a little bit about Zack Snyder's Justice League? I don't even know where to begin. It was really <laughs> too long of a film. Um, this movement to release With quite the Snyder a saga Cut, behind it. Quite yeah, a it, it, it yeah. started after um, uh, Zack Snyder dropped out of post-production of the Justice League project um, due to an incredible tragedy in his family, the loss of his daughter, Autumn. One of the most touching parts of the movie was at the very end when he ended with four Autumn. Um, and um, after he showed a rough cut of the film, which was over four hours at the time to Warner Brothers, they got nervous. They brought in Joss Whedon, who was successful uh, among other projects, by directing Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron. And they gave him the mandates to bring it under two hours. He did a lot of reshoots, tried to bring more color, more humor. That 2017 release was a total box office and critical bomb. Uh, and people blamed it on Joss Whedon. They said, well, if we saw the Snyder Cut, if we saw Zack Snyder's original vision, then it would have been a masterpiece. And so, you know, it's kind apparently, of amazing. Apparently not having seen any of Zack Snyder's other films. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. If they saw Batman v Superman, they should have gotten a hint about what was to come. But that being said, uh, it's kind of amazing that four years later, this whole process led to the release of the actual Snyder Cut, which we'll get into. I'm a little nervous, you know, about having this discussion because I am a total Marvel stan, right? I think uh, I, I love Marvel comics. I was a fan of DC Comics, The Death of Superman. I, I still have that cover, uh, that sort of leather bound cover in a sleeve, never opened. Um, but I'm a total MCU stan. I love every MCU movie. I can even argue about why Thor The Dark World is good. Um, that being said, I don't think I was the right person to critique any part of the DCEU. I have not, I don't think there's been a good movie yet in the DCEU. Arguably Shazam is the best movie yet in the DCEU. Uh, so uh, I thought to- I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold ground on uh, the first Wonder Woman. Nope. Um, so to, to, to bring to the discussion, I, I feel like as a Jew, I'm supposed to like Gal Gadot, uh, this like Israeli celebrity. But so I felt like, who can we bring to this discussion to hopefully defend Zack Snyder, uh, the biggest Superman stan I know, the biggest Superman fan I know, uh, the host, co-host of um, two uh, podcasts. One is the Superman and Lois Pals podcast at Superman Pals Pod. And the second uh, is at Jewish Comics Pod, the funny they don't look Jewish 
podcast where he uh, and his co-hosts look at Jewish characters and Jewish themes in comic books. Henry Bernstein, welcome to Pop Torah. Thank you so much, Jesse and Mike. It's great to be here. I mean, first of all, I love seeing my old USY friends uh, on screen talking about Judaism and comics. There is no shortage of rabbis in my life, so why not add a couple more? Um, oh my God, where to begin? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just want to respond to a couple things. Let her rip. All right. So first of all, just in response to your, um, I think, pretty fair intro, I don't believe in... Um, I'm a Marvel guy, I'm a DC guy, even though I am a DC guy, I believe in equal opportunity fandom. I like it all. I love the MCU. Everything they do is perfect. Um, I think Avengers Endgame, to your point, proved that Thor The Dark World was important. I don't know if it was good, but it certainly was important. Um, and um, Mike, to your point, I think the first two thirds of Wonder Woman was good, but the last act, it all fell apart. Um, yeah, I, I hear that. We could. That's another conversation. It's another, I think that's another story. Um, I have a lot to say about Zack Snyder's Justice League, mostly all bad. I think in the spirit of um, the season of redemption and freedom and welcoming strangers into your home, all that kind of good vibes, I'm going to say three nice things about the movie. And here they are. Okay. Number one, it was cool hearing Barry Allen, a canonically very Gentile looking character say in the movie, uh, I'm a Jewish boy. That was nice. I like that. Um, the cyborg storyline was pretty solid. It's clear that Ray Fisher was the best actor among all those people. And that like, no surprise, he's from Broadway. Which um, by, by the way, you know, all this whole backstory of Ray Fisher and, and this investigation with Warner Brothers against Josh Whedon, which I, you know, really upsets me because I really like the Avengers. Uh, listen, I, I liked. Buffy. Oh, I'm a Buffy fan. Yeah. I've been I've, I've, I've like yeah. since like 1997 yeah. was like, I, I'm so, like a Buffy guy. Yeah, I, I was sort of wondering where was that coming from? Was Josh Whedon really that abusive on the set? And I, I want to trust and defend anybody who comes forward and claims such. But it's also clear one of the things that Josh Whedon did is he cut Cyborg out of the entire movie. Cyborg yeah. was a side character at best and it's clear from the the snyder cut cyborg was the star of this movie yeah i mean first of all zach snyder seems like a nice guy in all the interviews and the vanity fair article he came off great um he has denounced the and we'll talk about the snyder movement like the snyder cut movement in a minute but he denounced all the bad stuff that came out of that um and his and his actors in his movie love him so i think that's that's important so the cyborg stuff clearly kind of held the movie together kind of it actually would have been a nice film on its own just the cyborg stuff and the third nice thing is to your point about gal gadot he zack snyder knows how to shoot her she she can't act really we saw that in wonder woman 84 when she's given lines she doesn't really know what to do but he knows how to shoot her to make her look like Wonder Woman. The the um, the scene in England with the terrorists was great. I mean, it was the only time you actually saw some what super speed looks like. I don't know why Flash always needed to be in slow motion since his power is super speed. But you got to see what like oh Wonder Woman is faster. That was cool. And there's something. I mean, about in fairness, the whole like three quarters of the movie was in slow motion. Yeah, can 24 we talk, minutes. 24 can we, minutes. Can we talk about that. That's 10 percent of the movie. And uh, I, listen, I was that's, on that's the edge insane. of my seat. Someone I've seen Avengers. That. Yeah. Mike and I had a very different opinion. Mike did not love Avengers Endgame. I've watched whoa, Avengers whoa, Endgame. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
You, you did not. You 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 did not love it in the way that I did. I thought it was flawless. Oh, well, that may be true. <laughs> I've I've seen Endgame, you know, dozens of times. Uh, there are three hour movies when like you doze off in the middle. I am awake for all Avengers Endgame. We'll get to this, but the Snyder Cut did not need to be four hours long, and I would start by removing all the slow motion not most of it was unnecessary and i'm not just talking about barry allen to show off his speed which is very much like um the 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 quicksilver and and the fox x-men movies uh but yeah like doing funny stuff while time is moving slow we get it we saw days of future past but you also had like very film noir-esque like slow motion raindrops falling, you know, in a cup of coffee. That to me is unnecessary in a Justice League movie, but continue. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, there, there's a there are great lists of of movies, great movies that are not four hours. The Ten Commandments, Schindler's List, Sound of Music, Exodus, Fiddler on the Roof, Avengers Endgame. You know, there the list goes on and on. It didn't need to be four hours. But so I, but my point was that he he shoots Gal Gadot well. Like she looks like Wonder Woman when you're on the screen. There's something like sort of mesmerizing about her uh, when she's on screen. When she has dialogue, not so much. So those are the three nice things I can say about the Snyder Cut. I think in, you know, I was worried when a little bit when you guys asked me to to come on because I was like, oh my God, please don't try to map on Jewish values onto this thing, whatever this was. Um, and, you know, Hollywood has this problem where, you know, the Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster were like, here's a Moses allegory that very much involves our Jewish, our poor Jewish American roots with our immigrant parents and Hollywood is like, here's shots of Superman looking like Jesus in space. You know, like they can't get the original vision right. And I I wanna talk about Zack Snyder and his whole vision of Superman in a minute, but here are a couple, in the interest of your pod, here, here are a few Jewish values I was thinking about. I was talking this over with my wife, Rabbi Lizzie Heidemann. So I have several Jewish friends who, varying degrees only several yeah so but like specific to uh, are in like comic book movie stuff with me like talk about that stuff with me so they are a filmmaker a rabbi a social worker all of us agreed that this movie was terrible and when have you ever seen four jews with one opinion on something right like this is like so far i haven't seen real people who i know tell me they love this movie i'm seeing a lot of it online from the snyder people which i don't understand um, this movie was a waste of time. It was Bittel Torah, where a Jewish value is not is is holding time, and 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 we have twenty five hours devoted to time, to just time. And I would like to acknowledge I actually watched it twice. First, oh no, just... the night it came out, and then the second time again with my son. Um, Why? Because uh, I'm trying to be a, a good parent. That was a good, I don't know. I'm going to, I might have to call you on parent. you for that. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, you, you're never going to get those four hours of your life back. You know, we, I, I we've all wasted for you eight, eight hours. hours. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so we, we've wasted precious time. Baltashchit, right? Not wasting. The studio spent an additional $70 million on this piece of crap. Like, 
where that could have that money could have been spent in so many different places. How about just giving Zack Snyder that money to go to his suicide prevention uh, fund? I mean, anything. But the amount of waste that was in this movie between time and money and um, conversation, you know, Superman fandom was already split because of Zack Snyder, but now it's so far. I can't actually be in conversation with people that like the Zack Snyder movies because I don't understand why. And it actually hurts me that there are people who love Superman, but see him in that way. So yeah. can, 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 can you unpack that a little bit more sure. Uh, sure. For, okay. for people who are not uh, necessarily happy to, you know, like deeply immersed in, in the Superman world. Um, what's, what's, what's going on? What, what up with that? Um, and and uh, why is why is Man of Steel and the whole Zack Snyder vision of Superman so divisive let's go back to 2013 uh, or maybe even a little before that Zack you know the the early 2000s Zack Snyder makes the 300 it is not a good movie on if you rewatch it Um, but Gerard Butler's best performance (laughs) it looks good it looks cool I mean slow-mo people fight Spartans fighting and DC just like got really horny for this guy and hired him to make the Watchmen, which actually was a good project for him because the Watchmen is a deconstruction of superheroes. And so like, that's what he thinks he does. And I I don't love that movie, but you know, it was good for him. Go ahead. Can I also just, just as a quick aside, um, I have had a copy of the Watchmen sitting on my shelf for a number of years Finally, you know, HBO came out with its series last year. I was like, okay, now is the time that I'm going to read Watchmen. I did, loved it, amazing. But here's why I wanted to bring this up. I open up the front cover of my Watchmen book and it says, this belongs to the library of Lizzie Jill Honey Rose Hademan. <laughs> so um, at, some, at some point I need to give your wife back her Watchmen that's so oh, weird. Yeah. So like when we when Lizzie and I first started, she, she dating, must have lent it to me when I was in rabbinical school, and and I just like never gave it back to her. That's so funny. I mean, Lizzie and I have read a few comics together. She's not like a comic person. We read uh, anything by Brian K. Vaughn. She really likes. So like we read Why the Last Man together, and we read um, Saga. She loves that. Uh, when we first started dating, I was I was in her apartment, and I saw a copy of the dark Knight on her bedroom floor. And I was like, you're reading the dark Knight," which by the way, also doesn't hold up. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but, and she's like, yeah, I didn't really like it. And we kind of moved on, but that's so funny. I wonder who gave her that copy of the watchman. She definitely never read it. So <laughs> uh, but, uh, that may be why she never asked for it back. <laughs> right. Um, anyway. All right. So 2013, Warner Brothers hires Zack Snyder. He makes this Superman film. Now well, this is also right. Th- this was in response to, what Marvel Studios was able to do, which was sort of unprecedented when we, they saw the success in 2012 of the first Avengers movie. And they said, oh my God, they actually did it. They brought together this extended universe quick. We need to, with, with yeah. characters that people didn't care about before with right. like Iron Man Iron and Man. Hawkeye, right. uh, you know, th- with Thor. Right. So we have Batman and Superman, the most profitable superheroes in Hollywood ever we have to do something quick. Yeah, I mean, well, I think that the quick thing didn't even happen yet. I think like 2013, they were just ready to relaunch Superman. There hadn't been a Superman movie since Superman Returns, which was Superman Returns, which didn't do well. I like that movie um, because I think it's just beautifully shot and 
holds on to a lot of that Richard Donner stuff, which I love because I love Superman the movie, but um, they're ready for like a new Superman. And I think Henry Cavill is really good in it. He looks like Superman, good acting. He's, he's great. Zack Snyder's whole vision for Superman is this is an alien that feels alone in the universe. Um, and his first introduction and as Superman to Metropolis is creating a 9-11 basically. So the world experiences Superman as a danger. And that is just a, vi a vision that I do not subscribe to. I don't believe in that. I want Superman catching Lois Lane and lifting up a uh, a helicopter at the same time while people cheer. And I know, you know, the Snyder people have come after me on Twitter and tell me, you know, that's 1978, that stuff doesn't work anymore. But like, I'm sorry, I don't believe that. Superman is inspiring to me and he doesn't have to destroy half of Metropolis and kill a lot of people, right? And then, so then Warner Brothers freaked out, right? Zack Snyder had a vision for the Superman movies. Then Warner Brothers freaks out. And, like, and my oh, understanding gotta... is he had a vision for a lot of movies, right? That yeah, he, yeah, he had a whole he like has, series plan. He has a storyboard for like a second and third Justice League as well. Yeah, but this was even before BVS, Batman v Superman. Warner Brothers freaks out because of the success of, of, um, of the Avengers and it has to shoehorn Batman in. Batman was, it was going to be Man of Steel 2 and then some more stuff. And that movie is such a mess. It, uh, it, that is the movie that convinced me that this man has never read a comic besides The Dark Knight Returns because that's the only comic he's ever mentioned in an interview. And in it, I think he's, people have shown him cool panels of comics and he's thought, oh, that would make a really cool slow motion um, scene in a movie. And that's what the Snyder Cut is. It is a series of slow motion, cool scenes that has no story and his whole vision for superman he claims he wants this redemptive arc where superman is going to fall but so far all superman has done is fall and we see that his original vision was that he was going to even fall to dark side and then what then he's going to come back i mean you can't you can't start at the bottom and then keep going down superman has to be up at the top and a paragon of hope and of mercy and of kindness to have a fall and then have a redemptive storyline. But it they, never they got also, that. They also rushed his death so quickly, right? Dying at the end of Batman v Superman. Um, again, the death of, of Superman was one of my favorite comics as a kid. Um, where right, Superman came back as like these four different Superman and you weren't yep. sure which one was the legit one. Um, I did like the nod to the black Superman suit from that. Um, oh but, man, Jesse. <laughs> I know, but here, but he, why did Iron Man, spoiler alert, why did Iron Man dying at the end of Endgame hit me? Because I, I, I love this guy. I actually started off hating him as like this playboy millionaire, billionaire, and fell in love with him throughout, you know, 12 years and 24, 23 movies. I didn't have that with no. Superman. No, the, the growth that, that Tony takes, I, I recently did, a uh, during the pandemic, earlier in the pandemic, I did a rewatch of the MCU in timeline order. And this is before Disney Plus had put it up there for you. I had to like figure out. And the, just watching Tony's story is amazing. I mean, he, he really grows as a person and you just don't get that. I mean, let's talk about this universe for a second. So in this universe, Superman's first introduction into the world is scaring everyone. Then he dies in a scene that no one sees because it's on the outskirts of Metropolis. 
And then all of a sudden, at the beginning of Justice League, there are black flags with Superman's symbol. The world is mourning. Why? Why are the world mourning for a person who, in their eyes, terrorized, terrorized them? Because there's no time in between Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Justice League. It seems to all be one. I mean, the first eight minutes of Zack Snyder's Justice League is Superman screaming in anguish. I don't want that. Well, there also can't be time if apparently Lois Lane was actually pregnant with uh, Superman's yeah. baby in the Snyder Cut. Um, I mean, again, death of Superman. So I think someone just showed him a cool shot of Lois holding Dan Jurgens' art of Lois holding Superman when he's dead or the armbands in Funeral for a Friend and showed him and he was like, oh, that'll look cool in a movie. It's the same thing. He, you know, he, do he doesn't actually read comic books. And I don't think every filmmaker filmmaker needs to read comic books. I don't think Kenneth Branagh read any Thor comic books before, maybe in research for Thor, but that's still a pretty good movie and he's still a good filmmaker, right? You know, I, I think what ended up happening with the Snyder Cut as well is that it wasn't just his original vision. Um, don't even get me started by the about the four by three, you know. <sighs> Why am I watching my, my, a movie son, with my black son, bars my son, on my like screen and he's like, in 2021? This, he's like, is this an old movie or a new movie? <laughs> um, but it was also clear based on reactions to both uh, the Josh Whedon version and to Batman v Superman, he was making some fixes like the fact that he filmed new scenes for this movie the entire nightmare scene the entire oh, epilogue was brand new and that i think had nothing to do with this except it showed all right this is what would have happened superman would have been bad again but it was also meant i think to be a fix for the odd problematic nightmare scene in batman v superman and to sort of justify that it was just odd in that regard. Why? Okay, so like that was what was newly shot, right? They spent $70 million to get Jared Leto back. Great, good for you. That scene was so bad. And the last line is Batman says, when I kill you and I will effing kill you. No, Batman doesn't say that. I don't care. Batman doesn't kill. The whole point of the Batman-Joker dynamic is that he won't kill him. He probably should, but that he won't. And Zack Snyder's like, oh, this will be cool. I'll, Batman will use the F word and he'll say kill. And people will love that. And people lost their minds. And Jared Leto was terrible. It was like a bad Heath Ledger impression cosplay. It, it, it just, that scene made no sense. Why is Batman having visions and are they dreams or are they visions? Is he traveling back in time or is he sleeping? What is it? Do you think, um, I, I watched this four hours straight through. Henry, did you mm -hmm. watch it four hours? Mike, did you watch it in installments or four hours straight through? I think, now I, got, I can't even remember. I tried to put it out of my mind. Um, I watched it, I think, in like two two-hour installments, I think. I think I watched it like, I broke it up in half. I wonder if people um, appreciate it more if they watch it in these six parts as almost like episodic rather than a very long ah, movie. So there, so, Why couldn't they release it like that? Ah, it been so, so Zack Snyder actually addressed that. Um, it was that, you know, apparently there were like, uh, you know, uh, like Screen Actors Guild rules or like uh, other kinds of like legal issues um, that, that, that like, he's like, he's like, yeah, we could, we could release this as, you know, six, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. It would have been like WandaVision. Uh, and uh, I mean, it wouldn't have been like division, <laughs> but in that way, it would have been like yeah. division. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and 
they're like, you know, it, it would have voided people's contracts or apparently or things like that. So in, in the end, he said, no, let's just, we'll just, you know, I want to get this out. So the hubris, the sheer effing hubris to quote, uh, Luke Skywalker in, oh. <laughs> in, in the later, uh, uh, um, Star Wars movies. Uh, uh but the, 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 the sheer effing hubris to, present a movie like that in four hours and make you sit and watch it is so offensive to me, both as a fan of film and as a fan of these characters. These characters are important to me, right? Like I, one time Lizzie and I were on a flight and I was re I was watching the Batman v Superman ultimate edition, which again, like this kind of fixes some storyline stuff, but right, it's, it's just really, a longer version. <laughs> it's just a longer version. And I'm like sitting there and I'm just shaking my head and <sighs> sighing heavily. And she says to me, why are you watching this if you're not enjoying it? And I was like, why did you go see Exodus Gods and Kings, even though that was a terrible movie and, you know, really messed with the whole um, Moses and Pharaoh narrative. And I was like, these are canonical important characters you know my this they are torah to me they are these are things that i care about and i i'm so angry at Zack snyder for wasting my time and for taking my precious characters and for taking a good actor like henry cavill and giving him crap to 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 do it just it hurts me and it, and it bothers me that i can't have a civil conversation with fans of his and i just want to talk about the fans for a second the snyder fans so yeah. you know they, this was unprecedented what they did and what they did was they bullied a studio into releasing something and let's be real warner brothers did it not to appease the fans but because we're in a pandemic and they launched hbo mass max and people didn't give a shit because it just had friends on it and that's it and so so the so they knew that this would drive a lot of traffic to their site and it did 18 million people were tuned in for it for in the first five minutes right that's a lot of that's a lot of traffic on your new site and so th this was all about money this wasn't to you know here you go loyal snyder fans they and it also no fixes what's next right because the way that they've fixed the flash sequence where it showed that flash could literally reverse time, which was not clear <laughs> at all in the right. Josh Sweden version right. sets up the flash movie in a year from now, which, yeah. you know, supposedly is about the flash points and we'll will set up the multiverse within the DC. Maybe. I mean, we'll see They'll, You know, I, I don't trust them. They don't have a Kevin, Kevin Feige, you know, who thinks about these things. It's just, I, I, we'll see. I mean, Sure. Am I looking forward to that movie? I don't know. I'll go see it. But, you know, the Snyder fans, they're bullies. And I think, you know, they did a lot of good. So raising thousands of dollars for suicide awareness and suicide prevention is great. They use that as a crutch while they attack people on social media. I've been attacked by the Snyder people. Um, they've ruined careers of online reviewers. Um, they've 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 really done some damage to people's psyche and to people's um, emotional lives just by being bullies. And I can't say on Twitter that I didn't like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman because the Snyder people are searching for those things so that they can attack me. And I've been attacked by them. And, you know, now I can kind of laugh it off. Um, but they they're bullies. And what they did was they set a precedent where bullying wins, that if you cry and bitch enough, you're going to get what you want. 
even if that thing that you want is bad. And, you know, that's another thing that pisses me off. Like what we've just, this culture, we've just now allowed a culture of bullies to, um, to uh, manifest something. And, you know, to Zack Snyder's credit, I don't agree with his creative vision, but I am all for artists being able to present their vision and the way things went down with Warner Brothers. This is all Warner Brothers fault. Everything that's happened, they from hiring him to begin with, then from him walking away, then hiring Joss Whedon, then releasing the Snyder Cut. All of it is Warner Brothers' fault. They don't know what they're doing, and now and they're just becoming bigger and bigger and more and more corporate. I have friends that work at DC Comics, and when AT and T bought it, they were like, you know, there was like a mass firing. It, it, that place is a mess, and we're never gonna get a DCEU that's like the MCU. It's just not gonna happen because. They weren't patient back in 2015 or whatever, 14. They, they just, they had right. they freaked they, they, out. They, they 2016. You know, yeah. well, well, the irony is that um, when Kevin Feige pitched this, when Marvel Studios went out on their own, everybody thought that they were crazy, right? Yeah. They, who, who wants to watch a movie about, about Iron Man? Who wants to watch a movie about The Incredible Hulk? And the truth is, right, The Incredible Hulk movie was not so great. It wasn't bad. But it's, it's probably, you know, my bottom three of MCU movies. Um, but it's still the Hulk. And, every, it's still and the, the Hulk, Hulk is awesome. You know, I, I mean, just like it, it, it's very, it's it just, it, I guess my point is, is that all of this really frustrates at me and hurts me, you know, after watching it, staying up till 11 o'clock, which is way past my bedtime in my house, watching this thing. I had tears in my eyes at the end of the movie from sh from fatigue and frustration. I was so tired. I just wanted to go to bed. And then it flashes epilogue on the scene and it still wasn't over for another 20 minutes. What kind of epilogue is 20 minutes? That's a full chapter. Don't call it an epilogue. He doesn't even know what an epilogue is. I mean, has he never read a book? I, I just, and, and, and then I'm lying in bed. I'm so tired. I'm like, I'm beyond tired. I know that my children are going to wake me up at six o'clock. I know I have to get to school the next day and, and teach. And, and I couldn't fall asleep because I was so angry. And by the way, speaking of school, my seventh graders, the next day, you know, they came up to me like, Maura Henry, did you watch it? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, what do you think? And I'm like, what do you think I thought? And they were all, all of them, the ones that watched it, there was about seven of them. They were like, Maura Henry, this was so bad. I'm like, mm -hmm. I know. Thank you. So if a seventh grader. Right, arguably the target audience. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Like they love cool stuff blowing up in slow motion. And, you know, you know, they watch all the CW shows. So they're used to seeing the flash, but like, even for them, this wasn't what they wanted. You know, and they even got to see superheroes swear and still they didn't like it. So that was very telling to me too. It wasn't just my own little echo chamber of, of, of people that agree with me, right? It was, it was like young people. Yeah, I think if I want a very dark show or movie about superheroes that is adult themed, right? That's what The Boys is for. Um, right. That, that right. I, it was actually questionable. My wife walked in as uh, Batman dropped the F-bomb. I'm watching this with my son and she's like, are you really showing this to him? Uh, and and it goes over his that, but, but the Snyder Cut was much gorier, um, bloodier, and more violent, even if it was, uh, even if it got rid of that green uh, parademon <laughs> goo blood or whatever from, from the Josh <laughs> Whedon cut. Um, for a superhero film to be good and successful, you want kids to see it. 
They're not right. going to see well, a four-hour movie, and they're not going right. to see a dark and, and violent four-hour movie. Well, let's talk about that for a second. So, first of all, that's true. Warner Brothers already know that know, know, knows that because this is that's what killed the the Michael Keaton movies because they let they let Tim Burton do whatever he wanted for for Batman Returns, and kids didn't go see it because because it, it was quote unquote darker. I, I love Batman Returns. Batman Returns great. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, said, love- I would even vote for the George Clooney Batman over the Ben Affleck Batman. <laughs> yeah, he kind of phoned that one in, but you know, that that movie has redeeming qualities to it, you know, um, even if it's all ironic. But um, but so you think, okay, so Joss Whedon's gonna or um, Zack Snyder's gonna fix a lot of the stuff. He's got seventy million dollars, you know, everything's in there, but the CGI. So now he's gonna have time to fix the CGI. The CGI was so bad. I know people are freaking out over Dark Side. I thought Dark Side looked terrible. I thought I was I I. I um I was thinking about Injustice, the video game. The the cutscenes, the movie scenes in that video game are better. The, the graphics are better than the Snyder cut. I felt like I was watching a cartoon. It did. I didn't care that about Steppenwolf, a D level supervillain, even in Kirby's Fourth World, which uh, Zack Snyder, you know, barely made reference to. He. I, he, I didn't care about him any more than I cared about him previously in the Whedon cut. It was just a bad CGI villain. Who cares? And, you know, this is where I'm going to totally come off a, a, as a Marvel fanboy. But the irony is from a comics perspective, uh, the whole dark side, mother boxes, all that, that storyline, that existed long before Thanos was right. a, a, a thing, right? right? Long before the Infinity Saga was, yeah. was a thing, the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Um, and and Marvel told that story. Yeah. Infinity War came out a year after the theatrical release of Justice League. Right. And it was essentially the same story that you had like these MacGuffins you had to collect yeah. and, and the bad guy would use it to destroy the universe or whatever. But they just told it so much better. And, and, and graphically, it, it, you know, the, the CGI, and it's partially it's because of... Um, ILM from Lucasfilms and it's partially because of the money from Disney and and the what they're able to put into it it was just so much better than what Warner Brothers put out there yeah I'm such I'm on such a practical effects kick right now like thinking about the original Star Wars movies and um you know watching like Superman and Lois the best scene Superman scenes have been practical effects so in the pilot to reveal his powers to his kids, he lifts up a truck and there wasn't one ounce of CGI in it. They did it with rigs. They did it, you know, it, it was just, it was an actual, it was flying like the way Christopher Reeve flew. And there was a certain magic to the way Christopher Reeve flew. He does, he he was a pilot in real life. So he knew uh, aerodynamics. And there's this th- thing that he does in where he banks left when he's flying out of the fortress. And it looks so natural. And the way even Superman lands, I'm so tired of superheroes landing and creating rubble and destruction or taking off with a sonic boom. You know, when Christopher Reeve lands on Lois's terrace, his, his little tippy toes barely touch touch the ground and it just looks perfect. And that's that's what heroes are supposed to be. They're not supposed to just cause destruction for the sake of destruction. Um, so, you know, the effects thing bothered me, you know, and watching like Thanos, watching Josh Brolin play that character, you get emotional and you kind of think like, oh, he has a point. You know, the best villains 
are the ones where you're kind of like, you know, the best heels in wrestling, the best villains are the ones that are telling truth from their perspective. They're not saying, Wahaha, I'm evil. They're, they want to fix the world in their vision. Right. And so it's, it's why Killmonger is probably the best uh, MCU villain. Oh yeah. You, but you, yeah. he's got a point, right? Right. Um, absolutely. So, and this didn't have that, you know, so you had, you had this foreboding dark CGI dark side looking out everyone. Sure. The shot was cool with the circle of them looking into apocalypse and him looking back out. Um, but again, it's just a cool shot. I want to say one more thing about that, Mike, before I know you, you, you want to say something, but all right. So this was the, the most egregious part of the movie. So the credits roll and I'm watching the whole credits. So that's additional time. <laughs> and cause I'm waiting for, I want to see which comic book creators they thanked. So the first one on the list is John Bogdanov, one of the um, many artists from the team that did the death of return, death, death and return of Superman. Um, I didn't see Dan Jurgen's name, um, but there were others from that team, which I appreciated. Other Justice League writers, they thanked Jack Kirby for creating Fourth World. That was good. But among that list was a name, Ethan Van Skyver. Ethan Van Skyver, if you Google him, folks, is a alt-right asshole who is part of a, um, a, um, a controversy called Comicsgate. If you just Google that too, a whole Wikipedia entry about it. And he was a former Green Lantern artist from DC Comics who basically was um, trying to get his own Trumpism into comics and no one would work with him. And he has gone now on into creating this hashtag called diversity in comics. You'd think that would be a good hashtag, but actually what it is, is these, again, alt-right people um, trolling writers like Gail Simone and Brian Michael Bendis who have created um, superheroes of color, uh, female superheroes. These are the people that went after Captain Marvel and attacked Brie Larson. And Ethan Van Skyver, brilliant artist, brilliant Green Lantern artist, is um, is the, their leader. And he now doesn't work for DC Comics anymore. He he does his own creator own creator owned crap. And um, it's all you know white heroes with quote unquote heroes with big muscles and you know the 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 females are drawn scantily clad kind of like all 90s comics were drawn and that just really offended me that Zack Snyder would put his name in the credits what is he thanking him for there wasn't there was like a flash of Green Lantern in there but it's like there was no Hal Jordan in there which is what he is known for I don't know why he was even thanked there and that was like that is really hurtful and offensive. So that was the last thing I wanted to say about that, that even the credits pissed me off. Well, listen, I mean, I, I think that, you know, there is a through line in Zack Snyder's films. Uh, if you, you know, think about 300 and uh, Watchmen, I mean, arguably Watchmen, even in the comic books was like this. And, and you know, one of the things, you know, for that, that some people say it, you know, in praise and some people say it in criticism of Zack Snyder's uh, Watchmen is that it was like slavishly um, uh, uh, loyal to the, to the source material. Um, and, and, and of Justice League, there is this kind of, you know, um, uh, alt-right kind of, you know, conservative um, fascist even kind of dimension to it. I mean, arguably that's present in a lot of superhero guys, but th this idea, 
right? And I think you're alluding to this. Right? The Dark Knight and, and, Returns, and, if you read it again 35 years later, it's totally a fascist, a fascist narrative. The Dark Knight Returns by Frank mm-hmm. Miller, right. it's totally a fascist narrative. Right. And, you know, <laughs> so, so, I mean, so there is a, you know, there, and that's, that's uh, you know, uh, uh, ironic considering the sort of uh, anti-fascist uh, origins of a lot of uh, superhero comics. Um, but, you know, th- th- this sort of like, you know, the, the deconstruction of the, of the hero, right, is, is uh, I think, a, uh, a, a recurring trope within, uh, w- within you know, uh, the alt-right phenomenon. You know, it's, it's, it's arguably, you know, uh, what sort of underlies uh, Trumpism in a way is saying that, like, you know, like, everybody's corrupt. Right. Everybody, you know, and so like there's no there's no such thing as we're, we're beyond morals now. Right. Your, your heroes are villains. Um, and uh, and so like it doesn't really matter. Like just take what take whatever you need, because like you're the only one that matters. Um, I, but I, I guess the the you know, the, what I what I want to ask about this is, you know, if, if I was just to kind of I'm, I'm much more of, I, you know, I'm not a Marvel stan or DC stan, you know, kind of like you, Henry, like I I I. I I like it all, but I'm also not like deep into the weeds of that. I, I was not, I'm not a comic book reader, you know, much, much more familiar with the movies of, of all movie iterations of all of these characters than, than their, than any comic, comic book arcs. Um, so, you know, so to me, I guess there's a couple of things that I, that I want to pull at. Uh, one is, you know, uh, it, and this happens in the in the MC, MCU also um, that that you, that you do I think you know the, the the presence of these extraordinarily powerful people metahumans whatever you want to call them right in in the world like does raise important moral questions in the MCU uh, you know with, with the with with what happened in uh, uh, Sokovia like go you know it becomes a through line in a lot of um, in a lot of MC. MCU movies is, is like playing with the moral complexity of, of these heroes and like not everything that they necessarily do is always heroic, even with the best of intentions, right? Because they're, you know, there's just the, they're fallible and it has the propensity for collateral damage. So I'm wondering um, like why, uh, like why that doesn't work in Zack Snyder's vision, whereas it does work better, at least in, in MCU, does work in the boys Right, uh, where where it's you know really kind of exploring the corruption that that's possible, maybe inevitable with people that powerful. It doesn't seem to work in Zack Snyder's. And, and the 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 other question I want to ask, you can go at this at any angle that, that you want. Is you know if we were to you know if I, someone like me who's sort of a you know casual more casual comic book fan, that's just like you know I just want to like enjoy seeing Superman on film. I just want to enjoy seeing Batman on film. I want a good story, like well told, good characters. So like you know, if, I, if I'm not as Watch invested, what? Watch Smallville. Yeah, fine. But if I'm not as invested in the characters themselves, and just trying to like evaluate the movie on its on its merits, and say like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna like give it its um, the, 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 the benefit of every doubt that I can, um, is there a way that I could see this movie as having merit? No, <laughs> I mean, I, uh, you know, all right, a couple things. One in terms of Superman, I, there was one thing I was looking forward to this movie. And that is that in Joss Whedon's justice league and the theatrical cut, 
Superman is in bright colors. He uses his powers like freeze breath and he smiles. And I don't care that he had, they CGI'd his mustache off. It didn't bother me. It, it, and he's in it for 20 minutes. Okay. The resurrection was ridiculous, but he, he, and I was excited. Okay, fine. So at least I'll get to see Henry Cavill in the Superman suit again. And even, you know, and, and, and then when I heard it was going to be four minute for four hours, I was like, oh, well, if he's in it for 20 minutes in the Zach, in the just Joss Whedon cut, then he's probably in it for like an hour and a half, two hours in the, in the theatrical. And he wasn't. There was no additional Superman, maybe a little staring a little more longingly at his cornfields and, and having a weird accent. You know, that, that was it. It's slow motion. Right, right. I mean, it was like and, and, and then, you know, and the black suit, for, for example. Right. Everyone is freaking out over the black suit. And I knew and I said to many people on record, I said, I don't believe that Zack Snyder is going to have an in-story explanation for the black suit. It's just going to be a cool looking thing. And yeah, black suit looks cool, but I don't know. I like Superman in red, blue, and yellow. Anyway, sure enough, he walks down a hallway, looks at a Kryptonian battle suit, Jor-El's suit, looks at his blue, his muted blue and red suit, and then is just out there wearing his black suit. And there's no explanation for it. And all the Snyder people are like, yes, there is. You, you got to read the comics, man. It's his recovery suit from when he was coming back to life. I'm like, yeah, I know. I've read those comics. Where was that in the movie? There's no story. So to your question, that is why there is no, nothing redeeming in it. Because there is no story. He doesn't have story. It is a collection of cool shots that I don't even think look that cool and what was your what was your first question about because I, well, I right before that I, I would add right one of the reasons that it was four hours was because there wasn't the character development and investment um for the other films you know i, I had a friend who started watching wandavision and they were like hey can i watch this mm. without watching 23 films that come before it and i was like yes and no because wandavision in and of itself i think they enjoyed but then as a result they wanted to go back yeah, and watch these right. other films uh <clears throat> th th there was no right there was no flash movie there was no cyborg movie right there was a brief cameo in batman v superman so part of this movie was really developing them as characters totally separate it almost would have been so much better if the flash movie came out and then right. justice league right of that course of course that's the whole point warner brothers freaked out right so like the magic of of the mcu when that dopamine um hit comes of the Dun, 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 dun. you know the the marvel logo and you're like oh god this is about to be so good and i watch and i watched it with someone who with myself who is a super duper fan and understands every reference and looks for things i watched it with my wife who is um has seen every almost every mcu thing and loves and enjoys it but she doesn't know the comics or you know care that much and with someone else, um, and our, our, we have a friend who, who's helping us with our kids who, who's lived with us during the pandemic, and she's seen like Captain Marvel, and that's it, right? And, um, and she loved it. Everyone loved it. That's the magic of the MCU. You can be a, a little kid. You can be a teenager. You can be a person who's never seen anything. You can be a super duper fan who is, who is waiting for those gifts that they give you, like Evan Peters showing up at the door, you know, like, and, and enjoy it. And the DC movies don't have that. They didn't spend any time right. investing in these characters at all because they just thought, oh, people just want 
a bunch of characters in a movie. Like they, they missed the point of the Avengers. The Avengers is the culmination of a project that was several years in the making that was a gift to the fans. That iconic shot of all six of them, six of the Avengers in downtown New York, that is the gift that everyone was, um, was waiting for. And then Avengers Endgame was like going to graduation. Right, you've invested ten years in your education. Here you go, and that you, you can't shoehorn graduation at the beginning of your lessons. Right, they, right. That Warner's was like, oh, you like that shot, that panoramic shot of you know getting all the Avengers in a circle, right? What if we gave you a whole four hours of that? <laughs> <laughs> right, and like it's not like slow mo is that impactful, even. Like I don't remember the slow mo scenes in all those MCU movies. I'm sure there were some, but I you remember the whole thing because it was it's it's the whole thing is magic. So the, the first question I asked is, uh, and, I, and there's, you know, a Jewish reason I asked this question, right? Because I think that if I look in the Torah, um, you know, the, the heroes are all morally complicated uh, in, in a lot of ways. That's, in, in, you know, in, in uh, arguably what gives those stories their depth and their power. Um, and, you know, the MCU uh, morally complicates a lot of its heroes or a lot of their heroics, um, you know, other uh, comic book comic books, comic book movies, um, do the same thing. So like, why doesn't that work here? Okay. okay. It, it doesn't work because of what we talked about. They don't, they, they don't develop their characters. They want you to think something looks cool and that's enough. And it, it goes back to exactly what, what Jesse was talking about at the beginning about Tony Stark. I mean, you get a real, an A-list actor um, to care about something, you know, like, I think the, these actors all care about Henry Cavill clearly cares about Superman. I mean, he, he said the Cape's still in my closet. I'm not done yet. And I wish Warner brothers would give him something good, but, um, and I think they, Ezra Miller cares about the flash. Yeah. 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 I think Gal Gadot, you know, I, I think there is buy-in from, yeah. from all these things, you know, yeah. but that's not, I don't, I don't think that the cast is really, you know, I mean, Gal Gadot, I, I agree with you, but I don't think the cast is really what isn't working about this. Movie. No, the, the, there's no problem there for the most part. Have you it's seen the, Ben Affleck? Come on. I, I, don't I don't have know. a problem with Batfleck. I mean, I think yeah. the material is bad. I think having yeah. a, a you know, 20 year grizzled ve veteran alcoholic Batman with no story behind that. Like you can't introduce Batman with Robin already dead. We never got to see Robin in his prime and then die. Like just so you could have a cool shot of the Batcave with Robin's suit. Like uh, anyway, um, I think you, you have to have character you have to develop the characters in order to deconstruct them, right? And so um, you get that with like the arc of the the Chris Nolan movies with with Batman. I mean, that is a slowly paced. You know, Batman Begins when it came out it was like, do we really need to see another origin? And it turns out we did because it, it was really good. And by the time you get to the Dark Knight, you really and even though that was the introduction of the Joker and by the end of it, when the Joker is hanging there and says, we could do that, I could do this forever. You and I are meant to do this forever. And unfortunately, we didn't get to see that play out because Heath Ledger took his life. Um, that that is character development. That is world building. Zack Snyder, he thinks he's built worlds, but the whole movie, if you watch, did you watch the six minute behind the scenes? crap it was on hbo don't if you don't i mean don't bother with another six minutes of this he it's all it's all um in front of a green green screen there's no world at all right i mean like 
Superman the movie was filmed on the w, uh, 007 lot in, in, in London and in New York. And, you know, um, yeah, but I I would just want to defend that because you know Avengers Endgame was was filmed mostly on a green screen as well for their action sequences and that was uh, quite successful. Um, I, what I also wonder is from a buy-in perspective, um, it wasn't until many movies and I, we can make the argument about Thor, uh, fine as a god from another world, but it wasn't until many movies in and the introduction of the Guardians of the Galaxy that the MCU started getting weird. Um, that right, that yeah. we started dealing with uh space and aliens and that sort of thing. And by definition, the most famous DC character, Superman, is an alien. Uh, and every single villain in the DC in, in the Snyder trilogy, uh, ha- have been um otherworldly characters. And so you haven't had the investment in them. Even Lex Luthor, Batman v Superman, he wasn't actually the villain. He wasn't the guy who killed Superman. And so as a result, um, it doesn't seem as believable when you're dealing with moral ambiguity uh, of the superhero and the villain, because at the end of the day, um, if the villain's an alien from another world, it's pretty clear what you're going to do and you don't deal with whether the superhero is good or bad. Right. And and I mean, and and then I know we got to wrap up, but but that's, I mean, that's often the criticism of why, of what, why Marvel fans love Marvel comics more than DC. Right. Like, and it was a reaction to that, right. In the sixties, Stanley, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, um, you know, Sal Buscema, uh, 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 Larry Lieber, they created these characters who had humanity to them, right? Stanley talks about this in Mallrats, right? Like, um, he's, you know, he's putting a lot of his own personal things. You have human people, Peter Parker, a kid from Queens. You could, he might be sitting next to you in school, right? It's hard to relate to someone from, from Krypton. That's where you have to be a good storyteller and tell the story of a kid from Kansas who finds out that he's not from Kansas and who has the morality and who has um, the love of humanity that someone who grew up in the Midwest has. And Zack Snyder just erased all that. And so that's why, you know, Wonder Woman cares about the world. She talks to animals. She rides the wind currents. These are, she, she cares about her sisters and um, women empowerment. These are things that we didn't, we don't see, right, at all. And, and Batman, I can't even get into that because <laughs> his bat. I mean, yeah, it's just he 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 doesn't get Batman. He doesn't even get Batman, you know. And that that's like that's pretty that's that's pretty lame. All right, so, last last thoughts. This episode <laughs> okay. is going to drop uh, in the middle of Passover. Uh, Zman Chirutani, right? The time of our freedom of our redemption. Um, are there any redeeming qualities to this? No. No, I mean, I, I don't even want to go back and watch, rewatch. And people are saying, like, go back and rewatch Man of Steel and BBA. I don't even want to do that. This is just bad. I would like to forget about it. I would like to, I would like, you know, my memory erased of it. I wish it didn't exist. I'm sick of seeing it on my timeline. I'm sick of um, thinking about it. Like, it's taking up bandwidth in my life. And I just want it to go away. I want to focus on the comic books I read, which are very good right now. I want to focus on Superman and Lois, which is very good right now. And like, thank God for Superman and Lois that, 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 you know, just four days after watching this train wreck, I got to watch a new episode of that. It's, I want it to go away. There are no, there's, I'm sorry. There's, I don't think there are any redeeming qualities. I mentioned three things at the top of the show that I liked, 
but that that didn't even say, save this. This is bad. This is bad stuff. Don't go watch it. Don't waste your time. You know, I, I always had a problem with saying Dayenu at, at the Seder because we say like, oh, if this happened, but we actually never got free, it would have been enough. If we were free, but we never experienced Matan Torah, it would have been enough. If we received the Torah, but we never experienced the Promised Land, it would have been enough. It would have been enough without the Snyder Cut. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. Yeah, so uh, uh, good uh, calls to be liberated from the Snyder Cut. Uh, this pays off. I, I think that, you know, there's a, there's a really great, you know, Torah about matzah here, right? That, uh, that you know, uh, what is matzah if not, you know, bread with, with the hubris taken out of it, right? Without, it, without being puffed up with hot air, right? And, uh, and here's a really good argument for, for what happens to you, uh, what happens to all of us when we're, you know, when we're impacted by um, the, you know, uh, the, the, um, the hubris of an artist and the greed of a studio, um, then, uh, uh, then, then we get, you know, a lot of hot air. Uh, and so uh, stick with the matzah, maybe it'll be cleansing. Amen. All right, well, uh, thanks so much, Henry Bernstein, for joining us uh, to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. We'll have you back to talk about something a little bit more positive for all of us at some point in, in the future. Uh, but uh, for now, wishing you a Chag Sameach. Happy Passover to everybody. Uh, as always, I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. And I'm Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. Take care, everyone. <laughs>